Let's do this. It always says live early, so we probably are live, but we'll make sure the page refreshes. And then um, looks like we are one o'clock on the dot. Awesome. So I think we are live. Um, I tell you what, if you had an opportunity to see the first session with Phil Ike, it was absolutely fantastic. I'm so glad to hear a little bit about what he's doing uh, over with Saginaw and, and storytelling and just this amazing approach to, to using people to, to really help reinvigorate the energy of a place. So um, if you are just joining us, I am Ben Muldrow. This is the second session of our three-day vendor, and I am thrilled today to uh, moderate a session called From vacant to vibrant. And uh, I am going to pass it on over to our guests, uh, Travis and Sarah. They're going to talk to us a little bit about an amazing project that they did and are still involved in uh, in Manistee, Michigan. And um, Travis, it, it let's let you kind of kick it off. And again, as with everything, uh, take advantage of that comment section, ask questions along the way. I'll be monitoring that and I'll kind of throw questions at, at Sarah and Travis as we go. And then we'll have an opportunity at the end to, to kind of interact a little and, and dig in a little bit deeper. But uh, Sarah, Travis, thank you so much for joining us and uh, take it away. Let's learn about Manistee. Yeah. Thanks, Ben, for the opportunity. And um, uh, yeah, I'm my name is Travis Alden. Um, I was involved with the Vogue Theater Project. I'm about five years removed now but was uh, intimately involved in kind of the, the, the backstory and kind of getting the place up and running. Um, we'll get into that a little bit more, but um, Sarah, you wanna introduce yourself real quick? Sure. Uh, thanks for this opportunity. I am Sarah Herberger and I am currently the theater manager of The Vogue. Um, I started into the project. We'll talk about that a little bit more, but um, I've been with the project uh, since it started with Travis and I'm now currently the theater manager. Yeah, and so um, what I what I'd like to do, and you know, the way Sarah and I have discussed this is, this is going to be more of kind of like a trip down memory lane, uh, more so than a presentation, and uh, just kind of talking about kind of how things came to came to fruition, and and you know, more kind of um, telling stories than anything. Um, but yeah, so a little bit about a little bit about us. Um, obviously, we like to dress in costume, right? Um, but um, so Sarah kind of talked a little bit about about herself. Um, she, you know, she was very involved in the project kind of from the get-go and started on with the Vogue as an employee, as an assistant manager while I was still there and has since stepped into uh, the, the top dog role there at, at the Vogue and is uh, kicking ass and taking names there. Um, and my, my role um, currently, I'm the director of business development at The Right Place, which is a, a regional economic development organization in West Michigan. We cover six counties and I head up our, our rural scope of work there uh, at the right place. Prior to that, I headed up a joint um, countywide chamber of commerce and uh, economic development office in Barry County, Michigan, um, about 60,000 population. Um, and then prior to that, obviously the theater manager there at the Vogue and uh, before that was the Main Street DDA director. So you can see lots of hats. Um, so I'm gonna be kind of speaking from two different perspectives. Um, regarding just, the Vogue project. Just in case it's not so obvious, Darth Sidious, that's Travis right there. Yes, I'm, I, 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 tried to, I tried to fit into the Ray costume, but it didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for clarifying that, yeah. Sarah. I appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mentioned we're going to approach this as kind of a story. So it, it, it's the Vogue story, and this is from our perspective. I feel like I want to adopt like an old man voice and be like the way I remember it. But that's, that's kind of the way I'm, I'm approaching this is this is through our lenses. I'm sure, I mean, lots of other people in the community have their own stories and that sort of thing, but this is from our, from our perspectives. Um, backstory, revitalization, startup, and the, the impact current and, and moving forward. So I, not, I know not everyone is familiar with, with, uh, with Michigan or with Manistee. Um, you can see right there uh, where it's located. The story for me at least starts um, once upon a time in January 2009, I was hired as Manistee's first Main Street Downtown Development Director. Um, both my wife and I are from West Michigan, Southwest Michigan, but we were moving back to the state from Eastern Iowa of all places. You know, you start having kids and decide you wanna come back to the home state. So that was how we found ourselves in Manistee. 
And I still remember uh, the day that I came for my interview, what stuck out to me uh, when I walked down River Street um, towards City Hall for my interview was seeing the Vogue Theater. Um, this is obviously not in 2009, this is back from uh, yesteryear, but the Vogue Theater is this Art Deco um, movie theater built in 1938, um, really is situated as kind of the, the cornerstone of, of downtown Manistee. It is right kind of centrally located uh, to the main street and enjoyed decades of, you know, heyday in, in the community and really throughout the region. Um, I'm not exactly sure when this photo is, was taken, but you can see this is yesteryear as well, but you can see how, how long and deep this, this building um, is, is built. Um, it didn't have a balcony, it had a mezzanine that kind of started at the back level of the, of, of the seating there. And back, I think in the 80s or so, correct me if I'm wrong, Sarah, they, they twinned it and put a second screen up there. So that was the way that a lot of people remember it as the twinned version um, and when it started to kind of fall into hard times. But this is the way I first saw it, um, basically boarded up, uh, stucco falling off of, the, off, of the, um, off the walls onto the sidewalk. You could smell the mold up and down River Street. That's not an exaggeration. And it had been like that for a number of years. There's a for sale sign there. I know it's kind of grainy, um, but the uh, phone number on there was for a phone number in Las Vegas. Uh, it was uh, the definition of an absentee property owner that wanted an astronomical amount of money for what the, what the building was worth. And it just kind of sat there and sat there and sat there. So um, when I came on board, uh, I realized really quick that it had been kind of on the, the Main Street DDA board agenda for a number of, you know, for, for a long time, like something needs to be done with this building. I and mean, you hear that all the time. Some, somebody needs to do something with this. So uh, what we ended up doing was we commissioned a feasibility study, a pretty comprehensive feasibility study on the property. Um, what uses could it be, structural integrity, kind of the whole nine yards. We got it largely funded through a USDA rural development grant that we cooperated uh, with another property in town to kind of do a twofer. And basically what it came up with were a few conclusions was one, the market's definitely there to support movies in, in Manistee, um, that the building was uh, still structurally sound. It needed obviously a lot of repairs, but it was savable. Um, and also uh, spec'd out what it could be, um, you know, if you, if you renovated it. But that $5.1 million price tag, there was a lot of sticker shock, not just to our folks, you know, kind of spearheading it, but also to the community um, in general. Um, I should mention that all along the line, there's been, there had been a lot of naysayers. Um, I think if you had pulled hundred people in town at that time, hey, what should be done with the Vogue Theater? Half would say, let's save it somehow. Half would say, knock the thing down, um, put something else there. Um, so Eve, despite that price tag, um, we, the, the, the Main Street DDA, um, utilized uh, this opportunity through a bankruptcy process. It was a kind of a lengthy process, but we were able to secure the ownership of the property that's a newspaper clipping from, I think it was the day before Thanksgiving of, of 2010 of me up on the marquee changing the, the letters to new ownership. Um, and I remember having these conversations at our, at our board meetings at the time of whether we should make an offer, whether we shouldn't, that sort of thing. This, if not us, then who? We can't just keep crossing our fingers and toes and hoping that somebody comes along to do something with this. We were the DDA. It's downtown revitalization. We needed to you know, kind of take the lead on that. So um, we, we kind of did that with a little bit of a hope and a prayer, but that was really where the community piece of this, of this project came in, which is really, I think that the main through line of the Vogue story is, is community in, in Manistee. Um, let's do this kind of signifies that. And the fact that the, that the, that the period on the exclamation point is sharpied on there on a piece of cardboard tells you how we kind of operated there in, in, in the early time. Um, we did have an ally in, in uh, filmmaker Michael Moore. He had done a theater revitalization project up in Traverse City about an hour and a half north of Manistee a few years prior. And so we did end up kind of tapping into his and his staff's um, 
knowledge in terms of, okay, how did you guys do some things? You know, what would you have done differently? That sort of thing. While we didn't really see the, the financial um, like fundraising benefit that maybe we thought we would aligning ourselves with the state theater in Traverse City, um, he definitely ignited the spark and kind of that can do mentality um, around the project and definitely got us on, on the front page of some newspapers and that sort of thing. It was definitely big news um, in, in the area at the, at the time. But you're gonna see some of these faces you know, throughout. Um, I see Sarah laughing. I mean, these are people that we know intimately, right? And really it's, it's the community nature, it's, it's the volunteerism that kept the, the, the torch for the Vogue burning um, during, this, during this challenging time in terms of when we were gonna figure out you know, kind of what we were gonna be, what we were gonna be when we grew up um, at the Vogue. I was actually, I, I stumbled onto this video. I remember letting in the after school program um, to originally uh, shoot some of this video. It's only about a minute long, but this gives you a little bit of glimpse in terms of, you know what? I don't know if I shared my audio with this. Let me make sure I do that. Give me just a second. Anything you wanna add Sarah while I'm doing this? I was just laughing because when I looked at those folks, they would uh, march those sweatshirts up and down Main Street. We had mm -hmm. no home. We had like a garbage bag um, sort of that they lugged back and forth wherever anyone would let us uh, set up shop. So with the Vogue merch to kind of. Yes, with yeah. the Vogue merchandise. Yeah. 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 So this this shows a little bit of a snapshot of the condition of the Vogue at the time and Travis, mm -hmm. we're not seeing the video. We are oh, hearing the sound. The it's just like a really big part of a lot of people's. Life. Really, the you're not seeing the video. Yeah, the sound is amazing. It sound the sound oh. sounds perfect, but we can't see the video. So, um, maybe just. Okay. Go. Yeah. Now we can see it. Now you can see it. Yep. Interesting. Okay. Bye. Now you see it. Let me back up a little bit. Yeah. All right, it's just a minute long. Yeah. Thanks, Ben. It's just like a really big part of a lot of people's lives. can see it was whoops now you're gonna see it twice yeah. so you can see it it was in um it was in rough shape but the fact that those you know this after school program took it upon themselves to try to spread the word i think really kind of you know exemplifies the type of involvement that was really starting to you know kind of come alive with this um this is an example this is a photo of one of many sort of community input, visioning, those sorts of sessions that we had. Um, uh, Kendra Thompson there on the left, um, she was a, a local architect that donated a lot of her time to try to work with the, the, the committee and the community to try to bring the cost down, but still try to figure out a way that we could um, design and renovate the building that would still kind of fulfill the promise of still being able to have movies and you know arts programming and that sort of thing um, in, in downtown Manistee. It was a painstaking process, but while those decisions were still kind of being talked about and figured out and that sort of thing, the volunteer corps was like, you know what, we're gonna have to start demoing this stuff and tear out all the old stuff anyway. I mean, you could see there was water everywhere. Everything was full of mold. So we started pulling stuff out. This was the first bank of seats that we had gotten pulled out of the Vogue. Um, lot of lot of sweaty afternoons and weekends and that sort of thing spent you know pulling all kinds of stuff out of there um 
fundraising processes. Uh, you know, this, this was a, a kind of a painstaking process, but this is an example of just what, what community uh, organizations would do. The JCs put on a, a really fun, you know, block party uh, that summer to raise as, ma as many funds as they could for the Vogue Theater. Um, we did get some, some substantial grant funds down the road, but at first it was a lot of this really homegrown, organic um, sort of stuff. This is the National Honor Society for Manistee High School that did a bunch of fundraisers and, and, and wrote a substantial check uh, towards the Vogue project. This was really meaningful for a lot of people um, and really kind of showed, again, more of that community buy-in um, to the project. And Luke with his lemonade, um, this, is a, this is also a really cool story and a great example. Um, Sarah, why don't you take this one? Sure. Um, this is where I joined in the project. Um, I was a young mom at the time, walking my eight-year-old son by the theater. He asked me, hey, what's going on? You know, what is this place? What are, what are we doing or what's happening? And I, being a parent, uh, as both Travis and I were young parents at the time, but being a parent, I took the opportunity as the learning moment. I turned to my son and I said, um, oh, there's a bunch of people in town that are raising money to, um, to restore this theater so that people can watch movies here in Manistee. And then here's where the moment came where I thought, oh, what could mom say? I said, well, what do you think you could do, son? What do you think you could do, little Luke Herberger, about <laughs> um, bringing, uh, you know, letting this happen? And he was like, thought about it for a moment and he said, well, I could sell lemonade, mom. I could sell lemonade. And then when the movies come, I can ride my bike down and meet my friends at, at the theater. And so being a very naive mother, I said, oh gosh, that is just such a great idea. And so, um, so fast forward, um, I spent the rest of my summer with my son and his wagon, um, his red, white, and blue wagon, wagon Luke's Licious Lemon, Luke's Licious Lemonade. Um, I supported uh, Country Time big time that summer. Uh, tons and tons of lemonade with fresh lemons and fresh ice. That was his big tagline. So we we pulled the wagon everywhere uh, around town and, um, you know, and we created some attention. I mean, he went on to, to meet um, Michael Moore and Susan Sarandon, um, you know, were some of the bigger things, but but um, more so, he really told the story of what we were trying to do at the Vogue, and um, people attached onto it, and he could could relate to it. And so he was a um, <laughs> he was a small voice that told a big story, and it really resonated with a lot of people. Definitely, and and you know, I, I I mean, it looks like he set up at Roots on the River there, one of those you know concert nights, and you know that that I think you you said it well, Sarah. It really kind of you know exemplifies how every you know just really everybody from all you know all all ages, all parts of the community, you know, really kind of got behind this. Um, that that graphic there on, on the the right hand side, um, that's an example of the types of communication that the leadership group at the time. Um, really tried to kind of keep out there just to keep the community informed about how things were going. So you can see there's kind of an ongoing total of funds raised. It looks like we got the total that we were shooting for down to about two and a half million. Um, number of donors to date, number of, I mean, when you've got 433 donors, 554 volunteers to date, and that was, you know, still in kind of the early year or early parts of the project, um, you're going to see just really how widespread uh, the involvement was in this project. So I, I wanted to kind of lay out the, the timeline. I talked a little bit about er the earlier part of the timeline um, in terms of the, the interest, the purchase, that, that middle piece right there, fundraise, fundraising and support, that kind of two year window. For, for those of us involved in the project, that seemed like ages. It seemed like that, that two years took 10 years in terms of sometimes it seemed like fundraising was just going at a snail's pace. Sometimes it seemed like just nothing, nothing was happening and momentum was stalling and that sort of thing. But it really was kind of our merry band of volunteers that kept, you know, uh, a, a donated space on, on main street to, you know, keep having little events here and there and keep selling, you know, new, 
new hoodies. Oh, there's a new style of t-shirt and you know, that sort of thing. And just to, just to kind of keep that, just to keep that momentum going. And ultimately when early 2013 came around, um, actually let me, yeah, one more. So um, during that fundraising and support piece, there was a 501c3 nonprofit formed called the Historic Vogue Theater of the Manistee, excuse me, the Historic Vogue Theater of Manistee. The DDA transferred ownership of the property to that nonprofit. There was a performance mortgage involved, that sort of thing. But ultimately, the, the nonprofit at you know, February 2013 decided, even though we don't have 100% of the funds raised, we needed to move forward to keep this thing. We, we, couldn't, we, we couldn't just kick the can down the road anymore. And so they made a very ambitious goal of starting construction. You can see this is in the early days of starting, you know, starting to tear into the building. Um, and the goal was to be open by the big holiday festival in December, which is Victorian Sleigh Bell Weekend in, in Manistee. And that was a very ambitious goal. Again, a lot of people said, no way you could make that. Um, we, we kind of made it, right, Sarah? We, we kind of made <laughs> yeah. it. So um, in terms of the construction, I thought um, this there's a video that we put together early on that kind of shows that progress that we used to show before movies. And so I just thought that would be the best way to kind of show everybody the process of construction. It's just a little short one here. I've seen that how many times and it still kind of still kind of gives me goosebumps a little bit. Um, so while that shows that really shows the completed project, um, we didn't when we opened, we did open as as promised, December 6th of 2013, uh, opening night of Slabo weekend. But you can see that picture down there towards the bottom. Um, that was Frank Greco, our board president at the time. And he's selling tickets off of folding tables, cash boxes. We didn't have any of the systems in place yet. Um, you know, the the concession stand wasn't done yet, so we were having issues with the popcorn popcorn oil freezing with the the cold air coming in through the doors. Sarah reminded me this morning that none of the uh, some of the electrical wasn't done with the lights. So in terms of when we had to turn off lights in the auditoriums and stuff. We had somebody down in the basement with walkie-talkies, and we're like, "Okay, turn it off now." And they're hitting breakers, you know, all the way down in the basement. So, but we made it work, and we had been open, you know, you know, for years since then, you know, every single day. So we 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 hit the mark, um, but we did it by the, by the skin of our teeth. Um, there's just a few photos here, just kind of showing some of those early days and just kind of what what this has meant in terms of 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 the community and people getting involved. Once those doors opened, um, people really adopted the Vogue as, as their own. Um, I can vouch and say that the number of times that I was working a shift there, that there would be somebody from the community who, you know, we recognize they're from around town, they come to movies or whatever, that their family or friends would be visiting town and they're showing them around the theater as it's their own and having that much pride in it. Um, that well, the first time I saw that stuff start happening, I'm like, okay, we've got, we've got something kind of special here. Um, this is an example of um, 
just a little a little girl's birthday party frozen themed we started playing around with doing can we do birthday parties you know on you know kind of off mornings and that sort of thing and started experimenting and that turned into a really cool not only a, a an additional little uh, source of funds but also it gives these kids an experience that they'll always remember you know at their at their local movie theater um i don't think there's anything more exciting than a full load in that you know you're going to have a full house and it's everything's hopping and you know it's just it's just a great it's just a great atmosphere um sarah it sounded like you had even a school group come in this morning um we started we started to do a lot of this with different school groups where they would come in some of them was just for fun field trips but um this was a this was a middle school class from um a local school district that had just finished reading um the giver in in school and so they came and watched the movies so there was a lot of that sort of stuff you know kind of like a educational spin too and three real quick memories that that i wanted to touch on and again this is more than just a place where we're where we're screening movies right i'm gonna go um i'm gonna jump around but on the right hand side there um ken cooper that's a guy who's been involved the whole time and although this this picture was taken after we had opened he was out there playing music every weekend in front of the Vogue, getting, you know, donations and that sort of thing to contribute to the, to the Vogue and just kind of keeping that activity alive, like I was talking about earlier. On the far left there, um, a really cool memory is having um, John C. Riley, who had a role in Guardians of the Galaxy in summer of 2014. He had a summer place in the area and we were able to get him to come to opening night of the movie, which again, really cool experience he was able to talk about you know his experience making the movie and and that sort of thing but one of the memories i'll always remember is um jim and martha markham here they're they're from manistee but they they lived in, in down in sparta at the time which is about two hours away and we'd see them regularly on weekends but the the, the day that i took this picture was for one of the wednesday morning classics one of the programming things that we, we do classic movies every wednesday morning for two bucks and they came up that morning and I'm like, oh, I'm surprised to see you guys on a Wednesday morning there. And I forget what movie was playing, but they're like, we had to come up for this one because this is the same movie that we went to on our first date at the Vogue, you know, however many years ago. And it's just to have that really cool story where it's where it meant so much to them um, is just a really neat thing. And, and, and the, the story continues with Jim and Martha, right, Sarah? Oh, yeah. When when Travis showed me this, um, he, it I realized, oh, Jim and Martha are still coming. Martha now volunteers. Um, they're becoming more and more frequent that they come to the Vogue uh, throughout the week and uh, and they still kind of go back and forth, but they call us their their hometown movie theater. Um, they had their 50th wedding anniversary during um, COVID during the closures. And so they uh, they rang me up and wondered if they could get popcorn they were going to watch their their movie at home um so i got them a big bag of popcorn and gave them the dvd for them to watch um at home so it's just an incredible um story and I, those stories happen here all the time just this continuum of connection more more than just a movie theater certainly we brought we bring the biggest and best movies but what comes out of that is a is a community um a community spirit community community gathering place yeah and i know that one of the one of the big things that that downtown happy hour really tries to talk about is is combating apathy um you know the vogue is is definitely a situation that has really combated apathy in in downtown Manistee and in, in Manistee in general. Um, Sarah had talked about, you know, it's not just about movies, it's about having stuff kind of around movies and connections and just kind of fun experiences. Who would have thought that there was someone with a with an authentic DeLorean, you know, living in town that once they found out that we were going to show Back to the Future Part Two, you know, in 2015, like on the night that he actually goes to the future. They were like, we've got a DeLorean. Can we bring it by and whatever? And it's like, hell yeah, let's park it on the sidewalk. And you know, people were coming in and taking pictures and that sort of thing. Obviously, I had to get a picture of me in front of it too, just because I'm I'm a geek for that movie. But you know, it's it's like I said, it's not just movies, it's experiences around it. You know, it's like 
why not bring the the core the Manistee Choral Society in for a for a, a, a short concert before we screen It's a Wonderful Life during the holidays, um, and that's the kind of stuff that not only fills the theater but it it, it fills pe fills people's hearts and stuff too. It's it's really cool, um, and of course uh, a, a a Travis story about the Vogue wouldn't be complete without um, injecting some some Star Wars into it. One of my highlights was when we opened. Um, the Force Awakens, you know, uh, December of, of 2015, seeing everybody come in in costumes and just really celebrate kind of that whole, you know, the, the whole event was really, really cool. Um, it's nice to see a line down the block too. And, you know, the, the stories that we hear about restaurants, you know, you know, you know I, I remember uh, one of the restaurant owners down the block saying that she could almost, she could almost predict when our show times were at the theater based on when the based on the traffic patterns of people coming in to dinner and stuff there because there was so much synergy between um, the restaurant traffic and, and movie traffic. Again, full house type events, you know, just so much fun. Um, we got, we would always get a lot of pictures like this of just like everybody having a good time, um, you know, at their local movie theater. But, um, and, and Sarah, feel free to jump in because, you know, You've been running the show, you know, really since I left, but it's really the volunteers. This says it all. The volunteers make the Vogue possible from those early days through operation. I mean, you can't be, you can't pull off a project like this, a transformative project like this, and then also keep it operating 365 days a year, um, weekends, holidays, the whole nine yards without volunteers that have so much ownership in, in this. And yes, it's awesome to see people coming and, and giving of their, their time, their talent, their treasure. But one of the things that I will, will take away as, as probably one of the most meaningful things I've ever done in my career is, yes, the, the, Vogue was, the Vogue is fantastic, but to see the relationships that have come out of it with, with some of these volunteers, um, young and old. I mean, we have folks who never knew each other they lived in the same community, never knew each other before the Vogue Theater, but because they're fellow volunteers, now they share holidays together and now they go on vacations together and they consider themselves themselves family. Um, I know that sounds kind of cliche, but it's it's real. It's real. And it it nothing warms my heart more to hear, you know, when I when I when I talk to Sarah, or I talk to, you know friends who who still are involved with the Vogue to, to hear that that is still the case that 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 is still the the culture of, of the of the Vogue um, that just that, that's what that's what it's all about right that that's what it's all about um, so Sarah you why don't you talk about some of the cool new programming that you've done and just sort sort of you know kind of again differentiating from this is not just a this is not just a movie theater Sure. Um, a lot of the, the startup photos that Travis showed were, you know, from the first few years, but we've been running now for seven. Um, and so all of the same kinds of things that he described is happening. It's a super organic um, situation in that we brought the big, we bring the, the biggest and best movies, the staff here, that's what we do. Um, we bring them to Manistee, but what evolves from there is very organic and kind of uncontrollable and just absolutely um, what makes it, as Trav as we've said, more than just a movie theater. So when Travis asked um, about doing this, this is our this slide shows one of the last events that we did um, before we were needed to close. Um, we brought for for COVID um, in March, and so we brought uh, a documentary series we've been running. We added that to the mix. Uh, we brought a program about mushrooms, and so there was a documentary about mushrooms, and it had been getting lots of buzz. And, and we thought, okay, yeah, you know, we're going to, we're going to bring this. And people started like literally from the ground, like coming to us with all of these <laughs> ideas, like, like little mushrooms as they came. Um, we wound up selling out on a Tuesday night in February, 187 seats had to turn away, you know, around 50 or so people. Um, and we were able to, if you go to the next slide, we were able to um, go, uh, we heard from Linda 
who it turns out in Manistee County is a very well-known mushroom scientist. And she brought over like 200 of her specimens, put them out in the lobby, um, allowed all of this interaction, talking, um, education. Uh, so we've really developed this whole community partner presentation where we bring a movie and it leads to discussion and interaction and generations um, of people working you know, in increasing their knowledge about a subject or increasing their interaction. And it just absolutely um, grows for from itself. And it is, a, again, I'm, I, well, it's awesome. It, it really is awesome. I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. Um, okay, next slide, Travis. Um, oh, this is uh, one of the other projects that has <clears throat> happened um, since we have, you know, we continue, um, we fine tuned what we do um, as far as operations, uh, we brought um, beer and wine to the theater that was something that had initially been talked about in 2013, and we did achieve in the last uh, year and a half, we, um, this is the first load of beer and wine coming in uh, to the theater so we're constantly kind of um, uh, I, I, okay, I was officially recognized as theater manager, March 9th, 2020. So it is, it is not at the board meeting. So it is not without irony that um, within moments of me taking over as theater manager, although I've been involved with leadership from the beginning, uh, within moments, everything changed. And so, um, it's fun for me to look back and look at this and think, yeah, before that we were, um, we were dreaming, we were, uh, you know, thinking about the next steps. So um, if you go to the next slide, that would help me, Travis. So these are um, our three social media platforms um, that uh, we, I, and I put that on there because we have uh, grown truly beyond our community, but beyond our um, beyond our county. Um, people are finding us because they're coming for the experience of going to a movie, the cinema experience that we have been able to bring to the community. Um, we're part of an, a larger um, art house community network, a professional organization. Um, and this is just, again, been an, an evolution of community to um, outside of our community to part of our uh, integrated, you know, um, interconnected um, uh, community as far as our professional, as far as, far as our profession. And so um, we have, you know, and I also bring it to light, as I mentioned, uh, we have a plan for reopening. So we have, uh, we were open from, um, or we were closed from March to the end of June and then reopened June to November and then we've been closed since November. So we are planning our grand second uh, reopening scene two, take three uh, <laughs> on May, May uh, the 1st. So um, I just bring that to light. And then the only other thing that I would just like to say is that as we prepared for, um, for our reopening, um, in, in looking back in all the pictures of all the people, uh, the lens is so different, but it's, um, as we prepared for our reopening, we put out a survey, um, we received audience responses from about 500 people, which is a lot for a volunteer survey um, in our world. And um, overwhelmingly, you know, people let us know that, that our, our mission, our hope, everything that Travis mentioned, everything that we had been building um, was that we are more than just a movie theater was um, confirmed with that, with that uh, audience survey. Because although, you know, there's a lot of, um, again, negativity or apathy or dread or wonder about what the world is coming to with our industry as far as, you know, movie theaters being dead, the impacts of streaming, which are all real and valid, um, our audience still let us know that when it is safe, when people are vaccinated, um, they, we have every reason to believe that audiences will return because it's that connection that um, integration of their community and gathering place that people see. 
you can you can substitute watching a watching a movie in a home theater streaming you can't substitute the experience that 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 the vogue provides with all the extras and just the community aspect of it and that's but like we were talking about this morning sarah that that's what's going to sustain you know entities like like the vogue and why it's so important that 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 this was that this was done and, and why this continues to move forward i like to kind of say that you know during during my time and during kind of that uh, arduous um, ramping up, getting it started, getting it open, um, a lot of people thought of that as being an impossible project, uh, but but we achieved it. And so I kind of like to think, okay, I hope that that the community then saw an impossible project be possible, and so the next impossible project down the road won't seem so impossible because the vote kind of set a precedent that that the community of Manistee can can make it happen. So um, true. Yeah. And 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 with that, we wanted to kind of wrap up our our comments with um, a video that I don't know if I had seen this before you sent it to me, Sarah, but um, man, this this means a lot. It's called the ripple effect and just um, it kind of speaks for itself. The ripple effect, a spreading effect or series of consequences caused by a single action or event. Ripples of economic, social, and cultural development, both large and small, are happening in the city of Manistee. Now with the momentum of the Vogue Theatre and other new developments, the beautiful Victorian city finally is growing into its potential. for a city to grow, there needs to be a catalyst. The Vogue Theatre was that catalyst that rippled throughout the county. The DDA was able to convince the fine dining restaurant Bluefish to open downtown because of the theatre. The hopeful attitude also initiated the opening of a new park in the city. Businesses like Famous Flynn's, The Fillmore, Ironworks Cafe, Happy Owl, Manistee Bridal and the Daily Bakehouse are all post-theater. As a matter of fact, 20 new businesses have opened since the Vogue opened in 2013. In a survey of downtown patrons, over 60% answered that they have either shopped, dined, or both in addition to seeing a movie at the Vogue. The Vogue was recently recognized Best Downtown Development Project in its category by the Michigan Downtown Development Association. While this had started out as an economic development project, the ripple had more of an impact than we could have even imagined. The social aspects have created a volunteer-driven organization like no other, and a gathering place for people of all ages. It is something we are very proud of. The community's anticipation is growing as more businesses move in, bringing culture, tasty treats, and hope. Down the road, the Vogue continues to look at new opportunities, how to better serve its growing audience, how to expand its ripple.
The ripple effect, a spreading effect or series of consequences caused by a single action or event. While we would like to attribute the reopening of the Vogue as the single action, we are quite aware that the tremendous amount of work by our community and the generous support of our businesses have been part of this ripple effect. The vision became a reality thanks to all of you who have been instrumental in supporting our Ripple. The Historic Vogue Theatre of Manistee. Man, that, that gets me. That, that gets me right here. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, Sarah, anything you want to add? Or are we good for answering any questions there might be? Yeah, that was awesome. Y'all love like, it. Uh, you look yes. like your Star Wars fans there. <laughs> there at the, love it. the Vogue. Um, no, guys, thank y'all so much for sharing the story. And, and, you know, there are a couple things coming in. First of all, we've got people truly sharing the love in the comment section, uh, sharing some of their own local communities. Um, one question that they did have is they would love if, um, if you could share some links with us, uh, or just share them directly on downtown happy hour page for the videos, they would love to be able to access those and share those. And then, you know, just kind of a, a personal note. I mean, we, Joe Borgstrom and I were uh, thrilled to work with Manistee back in 2018 and 19 through um, a state uh, project called Project Rising Tide. And uh, I had a privilege of, of developing kind of a community brand system for the city of Manistee. And our very first meeting that we had, public meeting, was right there in the Vogue Theater. And, uh, you know, I think it was one of those things where, um, I mean, first of all, it was a cool venue, but like the very first thing you notice is you walk in for this public meeting and there's the smell of popcorn, you know, and literally the volunteers were there. They had made popcorn for everybody. And, um, and it just created such an amazing environment where it truly felt like the citizens were surrounded by a reminder of what they should be proud of. And I just, it, it was one of the more impactful public input meetings that we'd ever had. And, and Joe was kind of leading the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats exercise with them. And, and just being able to be surrounded by this proof that you can was such an amazing experience for us to have. So, um, you know, it's, it's always nice to have kind of lived it and seen it you know, firsthand and, and being, being able to, to kind of see the role that Vogue plays. But one of the questions that we had was, and, and it's kind of a, it's a nuanced answer. I'm going to guess from you all, but they asked about what was the most effective fundraiser that you had moving forward. And I think that one of the things that's interesting is effective is kind of two different you know, you might have more than one way to define effective, you know, mm -hmm. to me, hearing the story about Luke and his lemonade stand, to me is extremely effective from a emotional standpoint, like it's a storyline that that kind of shows such a grassroots involvement in the effort that it's hard to, to kind of create a value there. But then there's also this you know, what did you find brought in the most revenue for the least effort? It, so can you hit on a couple of those kind of the emotional capital from a fundraising standpoint, and then also actual, you know, what did you find to be efficient in raising funds? So I, I guess I can talk from like the, the capital campaign perspective when we got it open. And I would say this is, I know it's probably kind of cliche, but this is a, a, a great example of where a lot of it is friend raising. And I, I think this was a situation where because there was a lot of hesitation of whether, okay, are they really gonna be able to pull this off? 
there was, it was challenging to get kind of that first money in the, the, the kind of the, the first money in was, was the biggest challenge. But then once we got to the point of, I mean, I think once we hit that million dollar mark, which that was a, that was a tough million dollars to get to that point. Then it was like the folks that have, that wanted to contribute, but wanted to make sure that, that it was going to happen. Um, that then they were then they were going in on that. I would say one one of the one of the big linchpins was um, we we did receive a I think it was a five hundred thousand dollar grant from the Michigan Economic Development Corporation through their community revitalization program. That I think was was one of those dominoes that really was like okay now this thing is going to happen. I want to contribute my money you know towards that. Um, you know, we had a, a bunch of uh, private family foundations that that contributed, um, but I, I'm not I'm not exaggerating when I say that so much of this was nickel and dimed mm-hmm. early on. I mean, lemonade, bake sales, car wash. I mean, every, everything that that you think of in terms of yeah. how to nickel and dime it. Yeah. Did you find that? Like, did you carry along with you that narrative of how? with your hard work, you were able to take that $5.1 million estimate and drop it down to more like two and a half million. Like, was that, was that kind of the scope becoming more reasonable and more doable? Did that, did that stay part of your storyline through the entire fundraising? Oh yeah, it it had to be. Cause it's like, we had to be able to articulate that no, we're not just taking what the what the study said. We are we're looking at every single angle to try to make this thing more feasible, but also not cutting not cutting so many corners that it wasn't going to deliver on the promise that the whole project started out with. Like there was a lot of discussion of okay, if we eliminate the second screen, which I realize I probably never even said that there's it's a two screen it's a two screen operation. You know, you could save a lot of money by not doing the second screen, but then it's like, no, you're not going to be able to offer nearly as much variety. And the business model becomes that much more challenging when you're a single screen. So we kind of, we kind of had to, but that was something where you're communicating that, that sort of thing, you know, constantly throughout the, throughout the process. Gotcha. Great. Yeah. Great. And and then, you know, I, I think one of the biggest things too is, you know, Sarah, from your standpoint, I mean, obviously nothing like um, nothing like running a a public place where people get together and sit right next to each other to enjoy themselves for two plus hours uh, during a global pandemic. But <laughs> do you find I mean, I, I was intrigued with this idea of not just the support that a documentary about mushrooms might create, but also when you do creative programs that are maybe a little outside of what might be expected, it sounded like you were describing that as almost a springboard for brainstorming, where it was almost like when you let the community know that your game for doing creative things, that they kind of generate new ideas for you moving forward. Absolutely. It is very much a collaborative process um, where ideas lead to other ideas. Um, We've always sort of seen our role as, um, you know, to 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 bring the moment and and to allow for that moment where you're in in the dark together, watching the same thing, thinking about it in quiet and then providing that opportunity for that, whether it's empathy, humor, um, education, whatever that, or entertainment, whatever that moment is, bringing it together to allow for that moment. And it, it does serve as a springboard. Um, when we were talking a little bit about fundraising, um, I, I don't know how to emphasize it enough that there was just a lot of naysaying that that you know we're not worth that we're not worthy enough that we you know need to cut corners and wondering whether it was really going to happen and I think that experience of 
going through it together has ultimately changed the way any of our fundraising here at the theater moving forward, any of our programming, any of our thoughts is, is it really is turned it around to be a, hey, yeah, what can we do? Because we've done it. You know, we've, yes. we've done it and we've been there and we pushed those dominoes and we mm -hmm. did it. And, and so I, I, I really feel that. I love that, Sarah. And I think what you just said, um, I'm going to venture a guess that virtually every person who's joining us today understands those nuances of the naysayers. But I think that, you know, one of the big things that I always like to do in my mind is separating out the people who say you can't do this from the people who say we don't deserve this. And those are two very different messages. And I, I care a lot less about um, trying to change the mind of a person who says, you can't do this. It's like, I can prove you wrong. But the people who say we don't deserve that, yeah. this, those are the ones that you really want to wrap your arms around. Those are the ones that you, you can craft this message of, you do deserve this. This is a place where your parents and your grandparents and your great grandparents made memories. This is where they came together as community, where they shared experiences, where they literally were connected through this place. And, and that deserves to exist for you and for your kids and for their kids. And, and being able to craft that narrative, I think is really important for us. Well, and, and Ben, I think you make a good point. And it's like, that's why, you know, I've been kind of a broken record, but the showing, showing movies is just, is just kind of the vehicle, is just the mechanism. It's, it's, the, it's the sense of place, it's the memories, it's the experiences. And, you know, from an economic development perspective, it's the catalytic nature of having those experiences happening on your main street and the positive impact that can have, that can have elsewhere. Um, you know, there, and I'm not going to say any names, but there were multiple times though, during that first year when we got open, where there were some people who I know were naysayers publicly, that they came in and they were kind of like, I was wrong. You guys right. did it. And it's like, right. then they became one of, you know, they, they became very strong cheerleaders. And it's like, when that sort of thing happens, it's just like, yeah, there's, there's, there, there's kind of no telling where you can take it from there. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the tone of the, the ripple effect video. This, this idea, you know, we always use these terms like economic catalyst and, you know, it's a really big word. It has lots of syllables in it. Like it sounds really smart, but like you have been able to show our community got together we did something amazing. We literally did like when you drive down Manistee's Main Street, the Vogue is a monument to the people. It says we can. And you just see that ripple in the risk takers and the businesses. And, and honestly, your community has, it is building a cool factor. And, and that cool factor is really being born and reinforced by this kind of big monument that when the community sets their minds to something, that they, they can make it happen. And it doesn't mean it's easy. And it doesn't mean, Sarah, your job is smooth. Say, oh, we got no problems paying the bills. Like, it, no, it's still, it, it, you still got to be scrappy and creative. But I just, I love that. I love that. Well, look, y'all, we've got about a minute left. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for for sharing the story of Vogue. Uh, do you guys have anything you want to say before we wrap up? You you should mention your neon thing, Sarah. Uh, uh, well, that when you're saying that about the neon, uh, we were actually asked um, by our community to- Like, burn. no, it's still- Sorry, that was my fault. Oh, sorry. we were actually asked to um, to turn the neon on during the closure because the downtown really missed um, the feel and the idea that it's on and that we're vibrant and stuff. So it's kind of as a gift, we put, uh, you know, forget about the electric bill that I worry about, but uh, we just flick those, flick those lights on so that our town had throughout the, um, 
you know, all the, the stuff going on right now had that each weekend, that memory and that idea, that positive message. So awesome. Love it. So awesome. Love it. Well, I tell you what, Travis, Sarah, thank you so much uh, for joining us. And uh, thank you for spending an hour with us and everybody that's with us. Um, We are going to wrap up and head on over to hear Joe and Jaime get together and talk a little bit about taxes and uh, what perfect way to break into midday. So uh, thank you all so much. And we will talk to you soon. Sarah, Travis, thank you guys. Yeah. Go Vogue. See ya. (laughs) just us i'm not sure it says we're still live on facebook i hope we're not i'll give you a text i'll text you (laughs) okay all right that was fun thanks that was yeah i like it